The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Christine Upchurch Show here live in the Seattle area on 1150 AM KKNW. Uh, also live around the world on Transformation Talk Radio and on Facebook Live. You can find it on Christine Upchurch professional page as well as Transformation Talk Radio page. Uh, I'm excited about our conversation today and it's interesting because it was something that had to get rescheduled and the timing couldn't be better. But before I introduce him, I want to say hello and uh, share my gratitude for the people behind technology. Um, Olivia at TTR, good morning. Good morning, Christine. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Oh, yes. And and Mr. Benny Mathers. Hey, Benny. How hey, you doing? Hey, Christine. It is worth the wait for our guest today. We'll leave it at that. It, it is. <laughs> right? And, and I have to ask you, okay, last week we talked about your Halloween costume. Oh, uh, yeah. You. It was a big secret. So tell me, I, I really don't understand. Who, are, who were you? <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> drum roll, please. I was the character Les Grossman from the movie Tropic Thunder, uh, oh. who's actually portrayed. Thanks. Even our guest now knows. I will send oh, video. Yeah, I'll send pictures. So that's, that's what I've been doing. I know, right? I've been. I grew out my hair for like two months, which I don't have much up a top anyway. So that was easier to cut out. So I had the big uh, halo hair, and then um, yeah, I ended up doing a video for uh, the competition here and didn't win, but that's okay because I won three years prior, so I'm okay to give up that reign. Three years it, in a row. Yeah. Uh huh. And, uh-huh. and I haven't seen the movie, so that's why I didn't understand. But it looked like a great costume. I just didn't understand. Who Thank you. Were. you. I, Thank I you. I promised, you know, that that we would we would talk about it and share that. I will um, send you everything, so you'll be up to speed on Les Grossman. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. <laughs> So, you know, today we are going to be talking about managing anxiety. Could we talk about something more important right now? I don't think so. Um, our guest today is Dr. Kevin Gilliland. He's the CEO and executive director of Innovation 360, an outpatient group of, of counselors and therapists, as well as a life development team dedicated to, dedicated to helping clients overcome mental health addiction and relationship challenges and anxiety is part of that Um, kevin has had over 20 years of experience in outpatient treatment and managing mood and personality disorder disorders and oh my goodness he has been um referenced and 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 talked with in in the magazine shape people women's health huffington post sirius xm and more and we're very grateful to have him here today dr kevin gilliland hey kevin how are you doing? I'm and doing it, pretty well. Love, yeah, I mean, where do you get? I'm so excited to be here because I love how y'all look at all of the aspects of who, of who we are as humans. I love that, and not enough people are doing it. So, so good to be here. 
And, and I, I love the Southern accent, as I was saying before, you know, that's, you're from my home state from, and, and, and if I, and I'm just telling listeners, if I happen to, to sort of wander into that Southern drawl, it's, it's because it's that's my fault. Sorry. It's all it's your my fault. fault. Yeah. I pulled you back. And I agree. I can't, I'll circle back and go, man, so incredibly thankful for people that are technologically savvy. Oh, yeah. um, now that I've raised my children and they're just adults, they don't help me with that anymore. And so I am at the mercy <laughs> of very talented people, including oh, Les Grossman. So thank you. I so appreciate you guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, we were originally just going to be talking about the anxiety of COVID, but that was back in September whenever we were scheduled. And for some reason it had to get rescheduled. And I, and I, I love the perfection of, um, you know, the divineness of the universe. It's, it's like this, okay, no, they really need to hear about reducing stress and anxiety the week of the election. Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, go on. No. So, so I'm kind of curious, um, you know, in one of your videos, I heard you talk about how if somebody's got some really extreme issues, there are places for them to go and to heal. And for those of us who just needs maybe a little bit of weekly support and therapy, you know, there. but the in-between, um, we don't have a lot of support for. And I think that, you know, there used to be sort of outliers on one end and, and maybe mm -hmm. you know, quite a few here. Now I think there's like a whole lot in the center who are experiencing great anxiety. Why is it you want to focus on uh, those who have more intense symptoms and issues, but, um, you know, it, to do it in a more, more holistic way? Yeah, gosh, I so appreciate. Well, I, we could spend the whole time just on that. So first, you know, it's, we uh, happen to work with a great group here, Innovation 360, that we just, we do really good work with difficult folks. And, and you look up 12 or 13 years later and all you see are difficult individuals. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then COVID hits. And you're absolutely right, Christine. I have never, and I've been doing this about 30 years professionally, I was just personally figuring it out prior to then, but uh -huh. as a professional and you go, I've never seen a larger group of us struggle like we have with COVID. And, and if you think about it, we lost our connection with other people and had no idea how important it was to our mental and physical health. We also lost our connection to communities that sustain and encourage us for a lot of people that's spiritual and religious. And then those things that are part of this world that are good medicine that we just didn't even realize it, like getting outside or going to a gym or part of a class to work out or in nature. And we all of those things got stripped right. from us. And now we find ourselves struggling in a way that we never have. We, however, the most common problem we have, and I'll just round numbers up, our most common problem, people think the opiate epidemic, alcohol, there's uh -huh. about 20 to 24 million people that struggle with addictions, about 20 million with mood disorders, and almost 40 million of us struggle with excess worry and anxiety. Uh-huh, that doesn't surprise me. It's our biggest challenge and COVID 
we've lost those sort of pillars in our life and we've found ourselves scrambling to manage it. Um, and it's unlike anything we've ever seen. That's COVID. Yeah. And then you layer on top of it something that is very emotional and personal politics. Mm-hmm. And it's, we step into it already sort of with, with um, already a little bit down. It's kind of like having a head cold and then a week later you get the flu. You're like, okay, I did not need that. I wasn't ready. Boy, we were not, we were not ready for this. We just weren't. So, And and one of the things that I've found when I've observed um, the interactions on social media, it seems like people have gotten to be more tribal and uh, more outrageous in their reactions. And I kind of wonder, if people were able to connect more one-on-one with other people and in and in their group settings um if some of that might have been reduced but it's kind of like suddenly people are isolated in their homes and their their main connection to others is through social media and then it's like okay well they're my people and therefore i'm gonna like stand up for my tribe um do you do you think that social media has had its downside with all of this yeah, let me, let, me, let me ask it this way. Do you think social media in general helps you be a better version of yourself? Like when you respond? Well, for me, yes. <laughs> okay. You and I are probably a little bit of an outlier because we're professionals and researchers and you go, no, I want to try to be more objective, less emotional. Uh-huh. But when I see how we are on social media, I don't see us being a better version of ourselves. And in in fact, there are people that I know that I see what they post and I think that's fascinating because I interact with you and, um, oh, what's it called? Oh yeah, the real world. And in that (laughs) real world, you would never, this this individual, you, you would never speak to me like that or other people, that is, like I've, I've known you a long time and I've never heard you treat other people like that and yet the anonymity on social media and the lack of accountability many times an emotional subject does not bring out the best in us and we don't step back enough to go okay i just posted some things is that really consistent with my values and beliefs and when i say that and do that to somebody in person is that issue more important to me than this friend I've known for 30 years, 40 years, or, and, and, and we don't, we can lose that critical thinking. So then that's not to say, I, I think we were better off without it. We, we weren't, um, but we are still learning to use it in thoughtful ways and to, to go, okay, is this helping me be, be a better version of myself? And if it's not, what do I need to change and adjust? Right. And, and I think that, you know, Part of that is the anonymity, as you were saying before. I'm having a hard time <laughs> spitting out the word. Um, but part of it is that that there's this this tribalism that's gotten toxic. Yes. And very. I, I know that in your work you help create safe and healthy tribes. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the difference between a healthy tribe and an unhealthy tribe? Yeah, and and I think that's, gosh, 
it, that's that may have to go on my short list of most valuable questions to ask myself every day right wow. is to be thoughtful of hey is this tribe helping me be a better version of myself because real quick when you look at the history of psychology and psychiatry it started with a very individual concept freud and then oh. what are my internal drives and pretty soon everybody else was like no we're relational and we're connected to other people. And that means groups and tribes. And who I am is a huge reflection of who I'm interacting with. And so right. what, what happens, and I think some of it was unintentional. If I jokingly said, I, I, um, I do some, I try to stay outdoorsy and fit. And so I got a pair of hiking boots and I kept getting that ad every time I'd Google search anything. And uh -huh. I wanted to call the company and go, hey, I, I bought them. I bought them. I, in fact, love them. I think I did a review on them. Why do you keep encouraging me to buy them? Mm -hmm. Well, that's how the internet works is that if I look at this, it keeps pushing me those, those ads, even though sure. I bought them. I don't know why they can't program it to go, hey, he bought them lay off of the boots, let's move on to jackets. But yeah. it, it doesn't, and so when you keep reading stories or comments from people that think like you, you become a very narrow thinker. And right. I don't know anybody that values, I would never want someone to go, yeah, I really love Kevin, he's such a narrow thinker. No. <laughs> and so we've lost that ability to go, hey, that group, thinks different and really passionate. Why? Why do you think that way? Can we be curious about why it's so important to you? Because it's not a big statement or a picture. It's something else that I may need to know about. And it may be that you like that group because they have a real thoughtfulness towards people that have, have been marginalized. Or you, you may have a real heart for that group because they support people that are organizations that are trying to do this and, uh -huh. Oh, okay. Well, that's different. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think if we're not careful, we accidentally end up reading one thing. So, yeah. And, and one of the things that I've had to learn throughout my life is I will identify with a particular tribe, so to speak. And, um, then all of a sudden I will see some behavior or have some interactions with people in it who, and it will feel really off to me. Like it, I'm no longer in alignment with it, or it's no longer in alignment with me um, or more evidence has come forward with it's real. I'm, you know, I'm, it's, it's not a real good match. And one of the painful things I think people are having to do right now is for some of us, we felt very connected with certain people certain members of, 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 of speak and we're seeing some of this either bad behavior or a narrow-minded perspective that makes us step back and say oh my goodness you know I don't feel like one of them so to yeah. speak um will I find a new tribe that is more reflective of who I am yeah and back to and I think that's you go okay how do I know if my tribe if my group is good for me or it's become toxic and go okay well before you step into that group tell me, what do you value? Well, what is it you value as a person? How I'm trying to become, <laughs> I'm trying to become a better version of myself, which is why I'm married and have adult children. 
Uh Um, because I'm like, no, I need to hear this. And if, because I value honesty, I value integrity. Um, I value people immensely. Um, also value spirituality and religion because I think it's part of the DNA of humans. Uh-huh. And so th- that's kind of what I value. I want to try to be that kind of person that's thoughtful and caring, but also loves sports. I think those things can go together, right? And yeah, so you go, yeah. that's, that's me. And if I step into a group and I begin to see that dishonesty is value, if I begin to mm-hmm. see that hurting other people as a means to achieve something or to get recognition. I'm like, okay, that group is now cutting across my personal values and goals. Now I do want to weigh and go, okay, was well, this a, do I need to adjust my personal goals or no, I'm not okay with being associated with this kind of behavior. Right. And it is a bit of a personal sense of right and wrong. However, you have come to right or wrong. You should have some sense of it and you do. Yeah. And I think, that's where we look at, is this group helping you be a better version of those personal values? Is it challenging you to be that kind of person or is it expanding and eroding those things? And if you're changing your mind, okay, but there's a difference between changing your mind and having your personal values and beliefs marginalized or disrespected or, um, sort of tease that in a hurtful, meaningful way. And we, we have to think critically now about those groups, maybe even more than we ever did, because those groups are not just made up of people that we knew from uh, our neighborhood or our school or that we work with. That group has some guy named Bob from Switzerland. Okay, well, I don't know Bob or his mom or dad or brother and sister, or I just know how Bob participates in this group. No uh-huh. offense to Bob or Switzerland, but our groups have gotten really big. It's like I used to say, I, I worried about dealing with, you know, the, the typical guy stupidity in seventh grade PE in Houston, Texas. Well, now you have to worry about some kid named Bob in Switzerland that's giving you a hard time because of whatever. You know what? And so it's, yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that affects us still as adults. We're still trying to figure out how to deal with this well. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing that I've noticed through this process of COVID, as well as through the, you know, the election um, whole, the the, the time leading up to the election and and since the election, is that some people I've respected have, how do I put this, um, have shown their shadow sides (laughs) in in big ways. And And it's like, and having to evaluate, okay, well, here's just some woundedness or some shadow that's getting illuminated. I still think they're good people. But when they like have such yeah. attachment to that, like that, that is their, that is truth as opposed to shadow. Um, I, I've had to sort of step back and reevaluate and it, and it's, I don't, I mean, you know, I've got shadow side, everybody's got shadow side, you know, and, and they rear up in, you know, in, in various ways. But it's it's been interesting to watch how some people are very attached to that as a, a good quality within themselves. Yes. And you go, wow, have you changed as a person, this friend or colleague I've known for some time, because you never used to value or defend or try to justify the shadow aspects of who you are. Right. Um, and it for me, 
the real sort of deal killer is if people aren't able to step into a conversation about it. And if, mm -hmm. if I observe something or they observe something and they're like, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, why do you ask that? And they're like, well, you just seem really, I hear you labeling people and groups and talking in a real, just in ways that just is not typically you. And if I get argumentative, well, first of all, if I'm a man and I'm still argumentative two days later, okay, then I'm not thinking about it. And maybe I am living in shadow because sometimes it does take a day or two to go, gosh, I know you're right. How long is it going to take me to say, I'm sorry, you're right. right. I don't know how to navigate this well. And yeah. that for me is, but, but you know, to be honest though, and I bet you're the same way. I'm okay with people that have shadow. I'm not okay with people that have a shadow and defend it as the place they want to live and grow and who they want to be. Exactly. Exactly. I, I've never liked those people. Yeah. And, and I think you haven't either. And, and it's, it's been very illuminating to see how the situations um, have affected people and, and people have a great attachment to their truth. You know, I have an attachment to my truth. I'm not saying I don't yeah. have attachment, right? Um, but I've had to reevaluate my truth along the way, including through COVID, including through the political scene, you know, leading up yeah. to the election. And um, I've gotten to this place of greater neutrality about yeah. all sorts of things. And it has allowed me to see better where people are coming from. Um, and, and yet even having a sense of neutrality triggers some people, right? Oh, yes. I'm like, since that just tells you we are living in a tear and a time space continuum because you go, mm -hmm. how in the world is neutrality frowned upon like it is? Yeah. I'm like, I thought we're fighting to be a little more open to diversity. And someone just sort of wanted to go, hey, those things really disrupt me. I just want to stay anchored here. Literally, lady I work with has a lot of anxiety. Just saw her earlier. Love her. She's wonderful. They've been married a long time. Husband, very into politics. And you just, and she's neutral on it. And it so upsets him. And I'm like, Okay, what's the story you're making up? Because she's been pretty gracious about saying, I, I just want to step back from it. And it's, I think part of it is COVID and stress. I, I had, God, this well, since it's just you and I visiting and no one else, I'll be, I'll be more candid and open. <laughs> that helps me to do that. But you go, I had, I had a good friend of mine who's a doctor said to me not long ago, we were, on a hiking trip and we've been known each other for almost, I don't know, 35, 38 years. Uh -huh. And I had, we had, I had done something and was goofing around on something. He was laughing. He goes, man, dude, it's just, I enjoy that part of you. It's, it's like your old self. Uh -huh. I'm like what, what do you mean old self? He goes, no, man, it just, I think the past seven or eight months with all this has been so stressful and you just been running on cortisol a stress hormone. And uh -huh. I was like, huh? Okay. But it was his way of saying, you just haven't been yourself. And uh -huh. I don't like to think of that. One, I'm a psych, I'm a psychologist. Sure. Before I'm a psychologist, I'm a human. Right. And I'm a, I'm a man, which means I'm not at an advantage when it comes to insight. And you go, golly, I hate 
I don't like the thought that all of this stress is affecting me and I'm, I don't like that. And, mm -hmm. but yet that's not going to help me deal with this. Right. What has helped me deal with it is to go, okay, you see elements. What do you see that I'm not seeing? And yeah, as much as I'm aware of this, of what it's like to live in history, which is what we're doing. We are, yeah. Oh, it, it's, I'll never say, I wonder what it was like before we had electricity. I don't want to know because right. living in history is painful. It's always most painful when it's being written. And I've, I've been intentionally working to decrease and lower my stress, but I've just lowered it to functional levels because we, I have not, and I don't say this, I hope this comes across right, not with any sense of pride, but I, I have not missed a day of seeing patients because we work with some people that have to be seen fairly often mm -hmm. that really struggle in life. And while I've done as much as I can to manage, it has been a fight daily just to, mm -hmm keep an eye on sleep and being physically active and eating healthy and spiritual mm -hmm. practices and being around people that help me be a better version of myself. I, I've, I've never had such short-term goals in my life. Like literally just today, what did I have for breakfast or lunch? Cause I can't get away with the things I used to. And when we live in that fight or flight stress, we're at our worst. Yeah. Um, and so, and then we step into politics. Yeah. And, and for me, um, I was very stressed out with COVID because, okay, former research statistician, I started hearing these epidemiological predictions. I was very stressed, very stressed. And then at one point I thought my, my son had a fairly high fever. As it turns out, the thermometer was wrong. It was like this big drama. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, he said, mom, I'm I'm fine. I'm, I'm heading out. And, and, and in that time, I realized I'm stuck in the fear. I've like, let that stress trigger me. I've let the media feed yes. on fear. And um, it was almost like my fee my fever of fear finally broke. Yeah. And it, it has shifted my perspective a great deal, but it was, it, it was like, I thought I was just being on top of things and staying safe. And, and I realized, Oh no, that's, I'm just, wrapped in fear um and, and and so sometimes we don't we don't see where we're stuck it's hiding right behind this is what a responsible mom would do and you're like no that's a lie from fear and anxiety you're like no being a responsible mom is woven in there but man there's a lot of fear that's yeah i gotta get rid of that and hang on to this and yeah. holy cow it's it takes work every day and then little decisions. I, I also will never say, Hey, I wonder what it's like to live in Canada in the winter and to just want to go get a coffee. Well, well, now I know it takes about 10 minutes to get ready to leave the house, right? By the time <laughs> I Purell up and where's my mask and where's my backup mask. And oh I got to remember six feet, six feet. Okay. Well, I'm like, I just, I don't need coffee that bad. You go, yeah. wow. It's, and that's where I don't think we have realized how much little anxiety or little worry and hypervigilance, hypervigilance, meaning just looking and scanning your horizon uh -huh. is a wonderfully built-in system to keep us alive and safe. 
-huh. It is not supposed to be turned on every time we go and do something. And yes. when we do that and we find ourselves scanning and trying to talk to somebody else about how they wear their mask, we don't need any more data. I am really worried and I'm burning precious resources. I'm dumping some cortisol and other stress hormones into my body, which is not bad if you do it once a week or once a month, but doing it a dozen times a day, here's the, ki here's the kicker. It weakens our immune system. And sure. now I'm more vulnerable, you know, I'm more vulnerable to get it or do more poorly in terms of fighting it off. And it's gonna disrupt my sleep. Again, has now just weakened my immune system. I'm like, okay, now I'm angry. I'm angry about my worry and stress. I got to focus my attention on that and settle back to a healthy place that is not going to feel good. And that's, isn't that crazy? To do the it, right thing. And, and, and for me, like I've done deep dives into um, research studies and I'm no longer afraid of COVID. I am not afraid of getting COVID. Um, it's like the flu. I mean, for, for me, I, my perspective is I don't want the flu either, but I don't go around terrified of it. And yet even Thank coming you. from this place of centeredness, going into the grocery store is stressful as all get out because everybody's looking at you like, oh, I don't want to get too close or, um, oh, you're standing too close in line. Um, the, just picking up the stress and worry of other people is intense. It is. It really, really is. And I forgot the other day, and, <laughs> and I'm so thankful. I, I need to I need to send this lady a thank you. I don't even know her name. I forgot my mask, and I was taking something in uh -huh. to the store, and it's a little small store. And I was like, "Oh man!" And so I just pulled my t-shirt up over my nose and kind of kept and kept my distance. And I got up there, and she goes. I so love your mask. <laughs> I'm standing here. I'm sure my stomach was hanging out. I'm like, I, just, I love how you describe COVID. I'm not afraid of it. I don't want to get it. I also don't want to get the flu. And by the way, there are some terrible ways to die that are so much worse. And a lot of them are things we do every day, like diabetes and hypertension and that are horrible that we have a lot of control over. But I want to be mindful of other people because I know people are so on edge. And I don't know who has a vulnerability. Some of why people react is because they have a vulnerability that I have no idea about. So how about we just take a posture of being kind towards other people? And I don't know what group you're in that is not in favor of being kind towards other people. So quit talking so hatefully. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to go to a quick break, but when we return, let's talk about some concrete ways that we can deal with the anxiety, the stress, to keep our immune system healthy and to stay sane during political chaos. Uh, <laughs> stay tuned for more with Dr. I, Kevin Gilliland here in just a few moments. I can't wait to hear the answer. I'm Peggy Snow with another Stellar Reflections Minute. Presence, or what we think of as being fully in the moment, is a key element in the process of healing work. As a practitioner facilitating a session, genuine presence takes us out of our heads where we tend to decide what is and maybe what should be for the client and moves us into direct experience where we're available to witness the person in their wholeness. In this receptive realm, 
Our senses are heightened and expanded, allowing us to perceive what's seeking to unfold and to interact in the moment. There's something profoundly powerful that happens when healing is approached in this simple, pure way. Balance can be restored and healing can take place on multiple levels. If you'd like more information about the services we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Are you ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com to equip empower and enlighten yourself erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire so get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up love it up and let it go visit getrootedradio.com are you one of the many women in the world who've carried the burdens of work and family with the added circumstance of the pandemic you are not alone Join Mary Rose Campbell with five other powerful women on Saturday, December 5th, starting at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for the International Conference on Resilience for Women, as they share what they've learned to create power for themselves under any circumstance. Get your tickets now at resilientwomensconference.com. The Vibration of Change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On the Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christian Upchurch Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area and on Transformation Talk Radio around the world and of course on Facebook Live. I'm talking to author um, and therapist extraordinaire Dr. Kevin Gilliland. Kevin, uh, during the break we started talking about isolation. What is the effect that isolation has on us humans? It, isolation is the most savage of all mental health symptoms, the most savage. Mm. And we know from, and you know, as a, as a re- former researcher, but still so enjoy research, we have a lot of studies that looked at isolation, loneliness. Um, it, it increases the death rate of all diseases. Mental health wise, our mental health always suffers when we are isolated and lonely. The, the biggest study the field of psychiatry, psychology has ever done is actually a Harvard study on longevity and life, happiness, physical health and happiness. It started in the 30s. The single biggest predictor of physical health, physical health uh-huh. at 50 years old predicting these 80 year olds, the number one thing, 
loving, meaningful relationships. Uh, it's not how much you jog. It's not being a vegan. It's not eating red meat. It's not income. It's not marital status. It's not loving, meaningful relationships. Uh -huh. And the opposite of it is horrendous. So when, when in, in my former places and studies, we worked with a lot of cancer patients. And one of the real problems with cancer and post heart surgery is depression and isolation. We eat less, our recovery is not as good, our pain levels are higher. Mm. Our, our DNA has other people. Now, there are people listening, they're like, I don't like big crowds. I, I don't either. I'm a small tribe person. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine that I still know from college, I always say, I'm like, man, every time I'm around you, I'm like, I don't know how you do it. You're like a social butterfly. That's, that's not me. I'm, I'm a small group and know people really well, regardless of how many close people are in your life, you absolutely positively will have better psychological and physical health by having meaningful relationships in your life. It's critical. And even when it's the right recommendation for, we can debate how long we needed to be separate and quarantine. But we know from studying SARS that our mental health starts to decline quickly when we are isolated from other people. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's got to be the counterbalance of, I'm afraid of getting this bug. Okay, well, how afraid? Because your psychological and physical health, will those scales are gonna start to tip. And, and you may not get this bug, but you may struggle with other things that you didn't realize. Right. People and one of the one medicine. of one of the things that um, I've heard um, alternative healthcare practitioners talk about is how our immune system needs practice. It needs to get exposed to foreign bacteria and viruses so that it, it stays healthy. And that's one of the reasons why um, the elderly who are isolated tend to get much more severe, you know, results of various yes. illnesses because they don't get out and about. Um, so by staying isolated for so long, we're not getting exposed to those bugs that help boost our immune yes. system, help our immune yes. system get practice. That's one of the keys when we look historically at viruses, one of the reasons they go away is as a herd, we develop immunity. Sure. That's really important. I didn't know that concept. My wife teaches kindergarten, which I think is why we're still married. I thought it's because I was a psychologist I think she's treated me like a kindergartner for 30 something years. I'm like, that was humbling. That was humbling. Well, when we were in the early part of our years, once our three started in school, she wanted to go back to teaching. Well, she's around five-year-olds. She got sick maybe once over 15 years. For the first five years, I felt like I got sick every other month. I, I thought I had an immune disorder. I thought I couldn't stay healthy, but teachers they're exposed and they build a stronger immune system. And we need that, not just for COVID, but for common colds and viruses and other more serious conditions. So it's actually the opposite. We've got to stay physically active, engaged with relationships, and that builds our system. When we worry and get stressed, we sleep less. And then we look for something else to do more than it can, like medicine or alcohol or pot. And you go, yeah, that's you're 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 artificially 
resting, your sleep is actually not good quality. When we study sleep for people that use alcohol to fall asleep and quiet the noise, they actually are getting less sleep. Interesting. Interesting. And I know based on um, posts I've seen on social media, there are plenty of people who have been overeating and eating foods that they would normally eat much of there and, and gaining weight and stuff so that there's that other addictive factor that has been coming forth for some. And again, since it's just me and you, I, I, I said to a client earlier, I said, uh, we were talking about this issue and she's just stopped her alcohol intake. It increased during COVID. And I said, yeah, and it's not unusual for alcohol and food. And I mean, we're eating when we're not hungry or drinking when we don't feel like it. We're asking it to do something for us, which is make us feel better and decrease our anxiety. And I said, I thought I was really disciplined because I've stayed physically active. I'm thoughtful about nutrition. Uh I kid you not, Christine, three, four months ago, I weighed more than I have ever weighed in my entire life. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, how did this happen? <laughs> well, I can tell you how it happened. Um, I ate more than I burned because we were confined to home. So you're not out riding your bike or jogging or <laughs> yeah. going to the gym or a yoga class. or And your consumption was all sugary. It's all comfort foods. Sure. Which comfort foods are manufactured to be um, appealing in our mouth. Right, they're not natural food, feels, we feel full, but there's a gap about 20, 30 minutes between our brain and our belly. And so if we eat slow and we eat healthy food, we have satiety, we have that fullness. But cookies and potato chips or those sugary things, we don't get that fullness. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this, so this is not an event that we just have to get through. This is a new way of living that we have to adjust and shift. And I think it's taken all of us quite some time to go, okay, I am not eating or being physically active. I've got to do it and not listen to the noise in my head. I just have to do it. Um, And that's hard. So do you think that this is a good opportunity for us to um, move deeper into health and well-being? Yes, there has never been a greater time for us to own our own personal health than right now. And we've kind of been inching that way. We've got watches that count our steps. We often track our calories. We don't track our social media minutes, which we should. And my my iPhone does that. Yeah, mine does too. I'm like, wow, just in the nick of time. That's convicting. Uh But, um, But no, seriously, owning our own health with the advances in technology and little things that we can manage and monitor. I got a um, Whoop as an app that's a fitness app, but it also manages sleep in a way that's really detailed. That, I I wore that. I was doing a presentation for a company that they do some work with. And I thought, oh, I'll get that so I'll be familiar. It was like having a therapist. It was so convicting. Every morning it's like, hey buddy, why, why were you up? Or you didn't get the sleep you needed. So how are you gonna do that today? And once I got over the frustration of it, then we humans start to settle into problem solving. And it's a good thing to own our psychological and physical health. They're connected. It's one of the best times to do it because of the resources, psychologically, whether it's 
meditation apps or going online to go to support meetings or encouraged by groups or podcasts. But we have to start to build those things into our lives and go, no, that's just good medicine. I, I'm going to do it and not think about, do I have the energy to do it? Do I feel like doing it? I talk mm -hmm. about, okay, do you really stand there and look at your toothbrush and toothpaste and go, okay, I just don't feel like it tonight. I just, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't, that dawned on me at some point. I'm like, no, I know that going for a walk in my neighborhood is good medicine. I don't care how I feel or what mm -hmm. I think. I'm just going to, I'm going to hyper-focus. You go back to practice. I'm just going to think about where are my shoes, where are my shorts, and I'm gently going to push aside that I don't feel like it. I haven't slept. That doesn't matter. I, I know that this is good. I don't debate brushing my teeth because I'm so tired, and I did it this morning, and I didn't eat that bad. No, I just I do it because I know it's good medicine. Make a short list of the things that you personally know beyond a shadow of a doubt are good medicine for you, like reading. I love reading. Uh -huh. And so I'm reading books that are just wonderful historical books about people that have a strength in really difficult times because that encourages me. And I read some that's fiction, Ken Follett, Pillars of the Earth. He uh -huh. just, I'm reading that now. He just wrote a prequel to all three. I like his writing and it's reading settles and quiets our mind because we actually create a movie. Watching TV, not as restful, because I can sit and worry while I'm watching a movie. But when I read, when I read, I have to pull other parts of my mind to paint the picture and to follow, oh, this is this one, and oh, that's her, and that's, and when I do that, I cool off that sort of wiring that is stress and worry and I don't even know that I'm cooling it off. And that, that is a very thoughtful, intentional thing. And I know for me, that's good medicine. And okay, so you don't like reading because you've got some challenges reading. Well, then look for a physical activity that is a complex movement, like hitting a golf ball, yoga, uh, oh. swimming. The opposite would be running. I can run and worry myself to death. <laughs> it's, it's easy to do. Uh -huh. Now, what, what I would say is get off the treadmill and run outside because now you have to watch for traffic. You're, you're down sure. a curb or go trail running because you got to, you're doing, you're really paying attention and you're in the moment. Uh -huh. Treadmill, you'll worry yourself into a fit. So, so is it important for us to get into, into nature? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes and yes. It is such good medicine. It's, and it is possible. Now, uh, let's not debate flying versus, I love driving. I just love it because you see parts of this country that are wonderful, magical, and unexpected. It's, for me, it's easier to put on a mask and wash hands to get gas, run in and run back out and do that again. And you're gonna be okay. Hotels are doing a much better job of being sort of mindful of germs, but you can also sanitize those areas. Sure. Get out and travel and then go camp or go stand on a mountain or just go see something that takes your breath away that you just <laughs> think, wow, I just got back from, since it's us again, um, that's so funny. It, I just got back from Montana. I've never been to Montana. 
and I just, you can see, I was at the north end of Yellowstone. Uh-huh. I've never been there, never been to that state. And I just thought, I'm not going home. And, and for almost a day, I hiked around in the woods and the, a little bit of snow. I forgot that there was something called COVID and that we had a president. I, I just was so <laughs> in awe of the sunrise and the moon. It was a full moon, harvest moon. You could have sat outside at two in the morning and put a puzzle together. And we just laughed about it. And it was wonderful. It was such good medicine. The, the way to deal with situations like this is not just psychiatric medicine and therapists. I'm a big fan of what they can do. I'm also acutely aware of, okay, they can't do that much. Mm -hmm. And so for whatever it is for you that was enjoyable, it may not be enjoyable for a while, but trust that you know you love nature. I love nature. Uh I know beyond a shadow of that, even if I didn't feel like leaving and going because of all the demand, it's like brushing my teeth. I'm like, I'm not doubting that. I know it's good medicine. I'm just going to do it and not fearfully talk my way out of it because I sure. know my, my, my brain and my body desperately, desperately need this. So yes. Sure. sure. And, and I think about the cortisol levels in our bodies and how all the stress has heightened those and getting out into nature. I think they've actually shown scientifically that it reduces the cortisol levels, which is a really good thing. It does. And the spirituality. You can't look at that sunrise and go, huh, how does that happen? Who did that? In these mountains and these, uh, it's it's good medicine. It's good medicine. Yeah. So before we go any further, I know we're going to run out of time. Um, What's your website? How can people connect with you? Um, thank you. I360Dallas.com is. That's the letter I as opposed to the letter I. Yeah, not this one. The letter I360Dallas.com. That's Innovation 360. We're here in Dallas. And then Dr. Underscore Kevin G on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Okay, great. All right. So we have people who are completely stressed right now waiting for election results. And my intuitive sense from, I don't know, months ago was that things would be drawn out for a very long time. Yes. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of the hanging Chad situation. What's your advice for people who are, who have great attachment to outcome and who are stressed about um, feeling powerless? I would say, Answer, answer one question first for me, which is if I'd have bumped into you two years ago, no, if I'd have bumped into you two years, three years, five years ago and said, hey, it's, it's good to meet you. I really love meeting you. What's, what do you really value in life? What's really important? Is it your spouse? Is it your partner? Is it being in nature? Is it music? Is it literature? I mean, what is your short list? Uh-huh. Now, you may say it's politics, and I have met people that and worked with some wonderful people who multi-generation have given their time and energy to, to politics. Sure. Would you have said that five years ago? Mm-hmm. And go, okay, what would you have said? And what I would say is, okay, our founding fathers somehow set up a system that's incredible. 
with a House, a Senate, a President, a Supreme Court, checks and balances so we don't make the mistake of monarchies and dictators. Maybe trust that a little because your friends and family that you love and care about deeply, I promise you they're suffering in a way that they've never suffered. And I wonder what would happen if you just kind of let things take their course and were kind and gracious and loving towards the real people that you've shared life with, those people that know you and you know them. How about you invest in that and think about ways to care for them, to help them just today that they would have a better day or that you reach out to them because you're having a hard day because you're worried about losing your job or you're worried because you have a little bit of a fever and you're at risk when it comes to COVID or your mother or your aunt is at risk. How about you love and care and be kind to those people you've shared life with? Because I have a feeling that's what you'd have told me four or five years ago you care about most. So focus on that. And I do know that whether people are politically motivated or not, there's a, I think there's, there are a whole lot of people in the, in our huge collective who care deeply about creating a more peaceful, loving world. And from my perspective, if we can focus on that, as opposed to having attachment to how it unfolds, then first of all, we have a better chance of creating it. And secondly, it can alleviate, it alleviate some of the stress um, that we're going through right now. Yeah, and if you're so fearful about what the world's gonna look like based on this president, why? Where do you get that from? Mm-hmm. And my guess is it's things that could happen. Well, that's just, there's no question, that's anxiety. Anxiety makes its, it, it functions with the, well, what if? Okay, well, if we lived in the what if, you'd never leave the house. So don't do that. How about we wait and worry when we need to be worried and we invest in those things and those people that help us be a better version of ourselves, the things that we value deeply. And for some people, the groups that they voted for is because they support and care for things that are consistent with what you value. Okay, well, then act like that. Don't, don't your shadow is not you. And, and every day just go, all right, did I interact in a way that was loving and kind and honest and had integrity and was curious to learn and see the world in a way that I don't normally see the world. So, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and we have to do it every single day, every day, which is That's exhausting. Yeah. Yes. It, it, but also it's inspiring. You yeah. Know? It, it, reorients us towards what's important it keeps us humble it keeps us humble uh this has been a a a fabulous conversation thank you so much kevin again uh, i360dallas.com that's it and dr underscore kevin g on instagram and i so and i mean it i so appreciate how you're stepping into these things thoughtfully and not fearfully to go, Hey, we've got to be, we're better than this. We We are. are absolutely capable of being better than this. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.